MFs, welcome back to Hustle Like You Broke. Today, to timestamp our recording, is Thursday, June 25. I'm hoping this episode will come out before the July 4th holiday, but that is to be determined. As always, it will be fun to listen back, hear how things have changed in the week or two since we have this discussion, since we talk about the opening and the state of the world and when things actually come around. A lot going on in the world, a lot of the same, but still a lot of new. Quick housekeeping first. I want to acknowledge somebody that we haven't talked about on this program before, our own back-of-house specialist, because everybody needs a good one. Sam Helm has been working with me for a number of years now. And he's joined this team handling all of the advanced correspondence with our guests, all of the technical support that we require. He's a great asset to this team. So I just want to shout out to him, let him know it's appreciated. One thing he criticizes me on frequently is my lack of housekeeping in terms of making our viewers aware of what is going on with us, with the other episodes we are recording. So our viewers should know we had a fantastic conversation the other day with Dave Bauman of Backstage Networks. Very excited to hear what everybody thinks about the future of IT and the evolution of IT in the concert production industry. We've also had spirited discussions with Ryan Maurer from Sound Productions, Rab Stevenson, and so many others. So for anybody listening today that has not heard those, I hope you'll go back and check them out. Today's guest is, is, is somebody that I hold in the highest regard, but uh, we'll get back to introducing who he is in just a couple of minutes. He will be happy to hear, I do believe, that baseball is coming back. I know him as an avid fan of the Oakland A's in particular. Why? I guess he can let us know. Um, I do know he's lives or at least lived in the Bay Area last I knew. Um, but COVID cases among professional athletes are still very much on the rise, which definitely begs question in baseball. Whereas golf is happening, we are hearing about college athletic programs that are canceling their entire fall season. We're hearing about NFL teams where multiple players are testing positive. And it definitely begs questions about what will happen in baseball, what will happen in the NBA. I wonder what will happen if there's going to be a tennis at any point. Novak Djokovic turns out to be the world's biggest dumb fuck, as near as I can tell, out partying in Belfast or Belgrade or wherever it is that he lives. Apologies for my ignorance there. Uh, hosted an event where no distancing, no masks took place just this past week. Turns out he and his wife have it. God only knows how many other people do. Again, our guest today, as much as he must be happy about baseball, is a true humanitarian. I'm curious the hu his perspective on the human element and what this means when people coming together. And of course, I like talking about professional sports, because in some respects that 
mirrors what will happen in our business, the concert production industry. In our business, hmm, our business is a long ways away still. But there was one major event that took place in an arena all of us know quite well just the other day. I liked referring to it as the comedy show taking place at the Box Center in Tulsa. I think that uh, more comedy came out of it, more punchlines came out of it than I ever anticipated going in. Hearing about numbers of less than 6,200 total people. I actually think that's a sign of, a good sign for humanity that even dear leaders, dumb fuck audience, knows better than to congregate in large numbers. I'm hearing that of those 6,200, it is possible that as many as two-thirds of them were staffers, paid actors, security, staff, employees of the White House, the administration, the venue, etc., Definitely begs a lot of questions, begs a lot of questions about the president, but also, again, begs questions about our business, when people will come back, when we can be working again. I saw a headline this morning talking about apocalyptic surges, apocalyptic. Granted, there's an element of clickbait involved in that, and I know my good friend Kyle Hamilton's going to have something to say about it, won't I'm you, sure Kyle? I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. I'm sure you will, too. But it's always nice to have you on the program, even though you and I have somewhat different views of the numbers that we are seeing. So thank you for being with us today, and welcome thank to you. Thank you for having me, and that's what you call balance. There it is. And along with Kyle, I should also welcome my good brother Banks to the program. Hello there. Always a pleasure to hear your voice, brother Banks. And the incomparable, amazing, astounding Miss Christine Dallas. Hello there, fellas. How are we today? You know. Today's guest is the person who actually introduced us. So another debt of gratitude I owe to him. So in spite of these apocalyptic surges we're hearing about in California, Texas, Florida in particular, Dear Leader has also announced his plans to reduce funding for testing. I don't know what the fuck planet he lives on. But it's clearly different from mine. But the biggest impact of all this dumb fuckery for those of us again in the concert production business is the talk now about limitations on travel, both in and out of the US. The European Union is talking about refusing US travelers for the foreseeable future, which would have a huge impact on our business. And then even in the US, I saw on maybe The Guardian this morning that traveling between Florida and New York 
might be limited. Dallas, I wonder, does that impact you? Very well could. Sorry about if that. If we can't travel um, to New York. I mean, sure. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so I guess at the moment um, it's not an issue because I have nowhere to go. But of course, I mean, it sounds like New York's not – well, if we go to New York or New Jersey and I think it's Connecticut, you have to do uh, self-isolation of 14 days. So Exactly. That's – and, and, and of course, I have no a good bit of our industry, right, a good bit of our industry is in L.A., is in New York, and New York posing, imposing these limitations, California seeing these surges. Kyle, I know you want to get into it, so why don't you just get it out of the way and let us know that these surges aren't real and it's only because being, testing is being done. Please, it's, go it's ahead. Say just it. that. Think about it. You don't test 6,000. If they test 6,000 people, they say California has had a surge of 6,000 people with COVID-19. Had they tested those 6,000 people prior to, and they all had nothing, and now you have a new test that so all 6,000 have got it, then you have a spike. If you have zero control, how do you know what is really and what is not? I'm not saying people aren't don't have it. But they could have always have had it. So you can't tell me there's a spike when you don't have a control, when you don't have a control already. I mean, you're, you're actually 100% right about that. And I appreciate the perspective. Having the, the absence of a control is definitely part of the reason that we can't figure out what the fuck this is and how the fuck to eradicate it. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Hospitals are filling up like never before right now across California, across Texas, across Florida. And that is the biggest indicator of the impact it is having in the most severe cases where people are no longer flattening the curve, as they say, but we are now back on the incline. So regardless of what anybody says about the absence or lack of testing, the proof is in the hospital attendance, and hospital attendance is Or spiking. it could be that the quote-unquote asymptomatic people are now symptomatic. Again, you don't know what the true numbers were unless you had a control. Now, are people going to the hospital? Yeah, I, I agree. But who knows if they had already had it and it's just now showing up. Hell, D.L. Hughley just fell out the other day in the middle of his comedy show. And he just thought he was past, he had no issues at all. They said, Oh, you have COVID. He's an asymptomatic person. His son, who's been rocking, rocking with him all through the country, same thing. He tested positive. Zero, um, zero, uh, zero, um, I'm drawing a blank. Zero symptoms, symptoms right now. So we don't really know. This is a strange virus that's going around out there. It affects people more than others. And so unless it's been a complete, this is what it is and this is what it isn't, that word spike is misleading. Okay. Well, if I mean, if that's the cross you want to to die on, then I'll well, agree all, with we you. We all got to die when I'm not going down that cross. But, but at the end of the day, you can't but, not tell me <laughs> that we have a spike when we don't have the true numbers. There's an X There's an X What I'm right telling there. you... What I'm telling you is more people 
are being severely impacted in a way that requires hospitalization. But does that mean it came from it, new? Or, doesn't or, matter. Or it means more people are getting. It means more people are getting. Could have, sick it could have already been. Getting, could have already it, had. So it's it, not a spike. They just didn't. The symptoms just hadn't showed up yet. It was dormant. Please missing the point. I can say this: I do know a few people who have tested positive, and who had been tested previously that tested negative, and I do know two people personally that are now hospitalized as a result of it. Okay, so your test, so your control is one hundred percent. I give it to you. You have two people didn't have it before, and now they have it. Yeah, and I know a few other people who have gotten tested that tested positive and are asymptomatic and weren't tested before. So that also so now yeah, we yep. so now we have flipped the, the back at balance now. Yep. We have two tested before now have it asymptomatic, two that didn't have it and now they have it. It's hey, it's a strange it's a strange virus. That's all I have to say. It is a strange virus, I'm not but saying it's not a virus, part of the conspiracy <laughs> Grief. If hospital numbers increase, that is a form of spike. It might not fit your narrow no. definition of whether or not people are getting it more, but it does imply a spike of people with symptoms, which again are the ones we are concerned about and the ones that are directly impacting our ability to go back to work in the short term because it is because of those spikes that these bans on travel are happening and those bans will limit our well, actually work. you should be concerned about the phantom ones that that have not shown anything because they carry it and they can give it to a lot more people so the ones who got it are the ones okay cool we know you good now we can get you right but it's the other 15 million people run around here that don't know we don't know they have it those are the ones you need to be concerned about well i am concerned about both i am especially concerned when people get sick as opposed to if or whether or not they might but again i do appreciate that perspective we need to be mindful of all that it, and and to a point I've made many times before, it's often better to know who is the threat. So in that respect, again, I, I don't disagree with your premise. I just think you are building a straw man. You are attempting to argue a point different from mine, which is we need to be concerned about the people that are well, I dying. I agree with that. I definitely agree As, with that, but I'm saying it is not necessarily a spike because right now they only talk, I'm looking at CNN and they say there's... Two point two point something million people cases in the United States right now. Hell, that actually could be twenty million, but we just don't know. We don't know. But will you acknowledge, please, that an increase in hospitalizations? Let me say that word more correctly: hospitalizations is a form of spike that is a discouraging sign. Okay, I say this. It is a form of spike, but it's not necessarily a spike because those people could have had it already, and now it's just now showing up. They could have been running around, i.e., like D.L. Hughley, 
You're no, still not, fighting whether or not they're no. getting it. I'm telling you that a spike in the number of hospital okay. beds right. being you utilized want okay. I, I will is give a you, spike. Yes, that is a spike. Thank you. Enough said. That a bitch. Um, <laughs> it's hard to get something out of Kyle. I, I, and, and I appreciate every time I can. Anywho, I also want to acknowledge one more thing before I bring out our guest for today. And that is, I read Polestar Magazine. I read Billboard Magazine. I know a lot of people in our industry do. I know Billboard. I, I mean, both of them, I guess, speak to... Uh, primarily people that are in the industry and not just, and, and most people that are in the touring industry in particular with Polestar, as opposed to the general consumer. And, and I appreciate the articles and the focus that they give to the alignment of the independent venues and the alignment of independent agencies, which have recently started banding together. We saw, what is it, Frank Riley's agency and Stormy Shepard's agency and Nadia Pressure. Um, at Madison House, all, all aligning their independent agencies and, and the need for people to come together. But I just want to say to the journalists of these articles, the, the people that are reading them, but especially the people that are writing them, that when they refer to these agencies and venues as being the people that are affected especially so, it once again reminds me why we do what we do and why we speak for the working class heroes in this industry. Because I would argue the people that are especially affected by this are the independents, the people who are not agents from an independent agency that grossed only a hundred million dollars last year. Or, I mean, we've spoken to venue professionals I know that they're impacted. I know that their workers are impacted. I know that people are impacted at every step. I know that at even the major agencies, people are being furloughed or let go. I know that even at the major promoters, I know even Live Nation is letting go portions of this their staff still. That AEG Presents did the same. But can we stop saying especially so? Can we please acknowledge that everybody that's been impacted by this is especially impacted by this, that most of us are sitting at home doing everything we can to hustle to make a buck, but not seeing a sign that this thing is coming back. So perhaps a little focus on the independents as well, the independent people and not just independent venues and independent agencies. I, I guess that's all I'm saying. So without further ado, Today's guest is a good friend to all of us. He is an independent to the core. He is a 40 plus year veteran of this business. He got his start in the Berkshire Hills of Massachusetts where I come from. So he and I have that in common. I always appreciate calling attention to the New Englanders. He worked at the famed Music Inn I believe got his first job coming out of there. And he has toured with a who's who. He has toured with Bowie, Jay Giles, Metallica, Judas Priest, Stephanie Mills, Meatloaf, Dwight Yoakam. I mean, we're all over the map. Third Eye Blind, which is when I first met him. J-Lo, 
new kids, Jay-Z, the entire Rock Nation roster, where he was director of touring for a number of years, something else he and I have in common, having served as director of touring for concert production for a record label. While there, he worked with Jay, he worked with B, he worked with Ree, he worked with Kanye, and on and on and on. He's done Diddy. He's also done Kendrick with all of us. And again, I'm just, I'm very grateful to have him on the program. He's a great guy. He's got an incredible daughter who anybody who knows him knows that he talks about in glowing terms all of the time. And she's, she's a great kid. I believe she's now at Smith College again, another New England connection. Please welcome to the program, Bobby Schneider. Oh, I'm <clears throat> humbled by all that. <laughs> um, thank you. I'm uh, really pleased to be here today with everybody. And <clears throat> just want to say that I, I like back and forth uh, about different perspectives. Um, I have my own opinions on that, but I, I really want to say that thank you for having me today because there's there's a fuck of a lot to talk about right now. There's there's a lot of shit going on in the world. And um Well, I mean, don't 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 hold back on those opinions. I've never known you to well, do that before, so let's I not mean, start today. You know, it is all about the hospitals and it I mean if more people are sick, more people are sick. I mean I don't know what spin everybody reads, everybody. I'm sure most of us are CNN-based towards, you know, or MSNBC or The Guardian or other more reliable sources of news. But it doesn't really, you know, the fact that more people are tested, good, because we'll, we'll know more. I mean, it's only a good thing. But the fact that Texas just did an executive order, they've just shut down the state again. So where there was a glimmer of hope, even a few days ago, even a week ago, there's there's no glimmer of hope. I mean, you know, are all of us wondering what the fuck we're going to do next? Like, I I don't really know how to do anything else. I mean, I've been a roadie and have driven a taxi, and that's about it. I've hung some sheetrock and I've flirted with cooking. None of that shit's going to earn me a living. Not not for what I'm used to anyway. And it's terrifying when you you know about two weeks ago i work i'm fortunate enough right now i want to shout out to the pentatonics team because my career has i i hope they're the last artist i work with um and my career has really brought me to good people that care about everybody and a lot different than most of the controversy and and conflict that's part of everyday touring, but we can talk about that later. Uh, they are a pretty easy group to produce. There's five singers. There's no band. They can go anywhere as long as there's microphones. Or, you know, It's easy to put the production together for them in various places. So as soon as this happened, uh, I started thinking of how they could go do shows with, you know, our core crew is only nine people. I came back from Japan and Australia and New Zealand on the heels of COVID-19. We were in Yokohama the day the the one cruise ship from China docked, where a lot of people came off and were sick. So it followed us. We were in airports and 
getting temperature scans. But we, I don't know, I guess I was hoping that I would see some of that once we got back. Once we got back here, it was like people were ignoring it. I ignored it. I mean, we were, and then we were going to Europe next. And here's a good fucking perspective. One week I'm talking to the Italian promoters who's laughing about the fact that they've shut Milan down, right? And she said to me, ah, ah, you know, we're we're just in the office. I mean, you know, we're enjoying it because there's no traffic. And four days, five days later, I couldn't reach her. I couldn't reach our Italian rigger, who I hope is safe. Um, I mean, they just shut the country down. And that was the start of it. And then and Switzerland got shut down. And I saw it all unfolding in front of me. So I have what I feel is firsthand experience. And also, I'm a danger, man. I'm 60. I'm a big dude. I, you know, I'm, I'm overweight. I, have, I take medicine for high blood pressure. I eat too much fucking sugar. So chances are, if I get it, um, then I, I'm going to maybe have a little bit more trouble fighting it off. So, I mean, I, I don't even leave my house, which is kind of okay for me in some ways till the money runs out because I don't really like people that much anyway. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to stay away from the fucking idiots. But, I mean, even here, I live in, I live near, in Northern California, you know, home of liberals and what at least some areas, right? I live near Berkeley and, and – I mean, the the entitlement takes over the fucking common sense because people either feel like they don't need to wear a mask or they think this is ridiculous. And as, you know, as, as all of this unfolds, do I want to go to a restaurant? Sure, I really would love to eat off a plate in a restaurant. I think all you guys know, and I know especially Christine, Dallas knows eating off a plate is very important to your well-being. Eating out of a fucking box gets old. Eating off paper and plastic, it just, it's the road, right? We're all used to it, right? But eating off a plate, it's its the little bit of civility you can have. So, but I wouldn't go to a restaurant. I spray shit down with bleach. I don't bring anything in the house. I wash my hands. I do yoga every single day to keep my system good. I have a new dog. I walk. So in some ways, I think that the shakedown that the virus has created for humanity is fucking phenomenal. The sky is blue. People are being kinder for the most part, but it's starting to change because the novelty is worn off. The people that may have been on the fence about whether this is a man-made virus or whatever terrible name some people call it, I can't even repeat it, um, or they're entitled that they feel the mask makes them weak, or they don't really acknowledge that what's happened now. Now, Kyle, I mean, I, I don't really give a shit about the science of it. I, I, I don't even really care about the math of it. I know that when on Memorial Day, I started watching all those fucking idiots in the pool drinking. And I looked at my daughter and I said, watch what happens. And sure enough, there was a spike right in that area. I mean, anytime there's been a gathering of people, and it's proven, anytime there's been a gathering of people inside that, that didn't practice 
social distancing, which to do what we do will, will be near impossible, you know, without, I mean, we can be very careful and maybe less people will get sick, except it'll cost us twice as much money. We'll sell half as many tickets and it'll take us more time. So none of that adds up to anything good, unfortunately. Um, but I think people are getting sick. People, it's getting shut down. We can't, I mean, Pentatonics is supposed to go back to Europe next year, the beginning of the year. We're supposed to have Christmas dates at the, at the end of this year, right, starting in November. I had a glimmer of hope that if the U.S. had followed different protocols like Germany has, like New Zealand has, like Australia has, um, that maybe, maybe there would be a glimmer of hope that we could do that. I mean, we, we all need to be worried. So you can do the math or spin it any way you want. As far as I'm concerned, spike has become a political word. It, it, it barely means anything because it's never been organized properly. Not everybody was tested. I mean, there's not even temperature scans here. There's temperature scans every every venue that I was at in Australia and in Asia, everyone in Japan. I mean, they all, you know, I mean, masks are commonplace there because it's common fucking courtesy not to get other people sick, right? Um, and, uh, you know, the, and, and I mean, it made you feel like you were protected. If you had a fever, it didn't matter if you were in the band. You weren't coming in the building. I mean, we never had to deal with that. And I got sick over there. I got a cold. I took a hike one day. It started to snow in Japan. I came back on a packed subway train. I was horrified. And then I shook some guy's hand in a restaurant. And then I got a cold the next day. And it wasn't any of the symptoms of COVID. Did you wash your hands? Uh, well, I was sitting in the restaurant. I had a nice conversation with them. No, I mean... You know what? I mean, I'm sure I washed my hands when I got back to the room, but none of the protocols that that now that we follow, or at least that I follow, or that most people should follow and not get sick, are were were really apparent. I mean, yeah, did I wash my hands? Sure, like anybody else did. But I mean, let me ask you guys something. You all worked on the road, right? Y'all touch shit. Whether you yep. push a dirty box, whether you t- push a dirty fucking fader, a dirty, dirty mic fader. cable, whatever, all that shit is, which is germ-ridden, if you think about Correct. it. Correct. How often do you, well, I know you, you, how often do you eat when you're hungry, when you're in a hurry, where you don't have time, where you just get back on the bus and you go and you just find your eating, and you often eat with your hands, road nah, food, right? I find time. I mean, if I'm if I have time to eat, I have time to wash my hands. Well, I I'd say you are a you are a rarity because no, I mean I think a lot of people do, but also a lot of people don't. So it's you do never. How often? Well, I mean, look, our worlds are a little different on the road, so I think you you have a little more time on your hands in your role to, to live humanly. Um, I'm, I'm being, I'm look, we do different jobs. I'm, I, we, we can, we can have a lot of fun with that later. That's not the point. The, the point, the point truly is, and I love that you're laughing motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> the point truly is that I, I deal with a hundred stage hands a day sometimes and, and they can barely get in and out of catering and then enough time to eat and, if they have to pee or, you know, if they have to take a shit, 
I mean, it it cuts into their lunch time. So I mean, you know, they're they're Watch maybe 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 maybe. Well, I hope that if they fucking use the bathroom, they wash their hands. But the point is, most of the time, it's a squirt of hand sanitizer. You see, and that's not enough. You know? And that's no, it's not. That's where the problem lies. Hand sanitizers well, even take away the good bacteria that you're supposed to have on your body. It yeah, just wipes I, well, everything out. I agree. It's the hot ass water so to be clean. And well, unfortunately, that's why shit gets transmitted because people do that half ass cleaning. And now, every now the world is shut down because of it. Bobby, of course, don't don't. I mean, I know that this isn't lost on you, but you can only put so much stock in the opinion who has to take their white gloves off in order and to they, wash their but hands. See, the when they, hands are but doesn't washed. actually touch their faders or their buttons or their boxes or their cases without putting those white gloves. First of I don't all, think the white gloves ever come off. Honestly, this is a figure. I don't walk around <laughs> with gloves on like I'm a, like I'm a butler. First of all, let's get that. No, it's no, a much better don't picture. Bring it down to that level. No one's <laughs> talking about that. No, yeah, well, I'm that's just saying for sure. I don't wear gloves, period. But yeah. the white glove terminology is beautiful. But to say, yeah, I don't touch faders. My fingers touch faders all the time. It's a lot better to picture <laughs> you with white gloves on, though. I definitely, I, I definitely prefer that. And and of course, the the, the pushing boxes and the talking to yeah. the, uh, the local I've labor before. Support. Again, we were talking about my career that has ascended. <laughs> I've graduated to these to these heights. Kyle, it's just a lot oh, more fun pretending you. that you've never done well, any of that pretend. shit. Hey, I, but I, I have, so let's do I, this. Let's pretend that there's not a spike. Okay. How about we pretend that we have a guest on the let's program? Pretend, let's pretend you still load trucks then. Uh-oh. Oh, that's a, that's a real pretend. Let's pretend that. Tell us about that, Uh-oh. Bobby, please. It'd be Tetris. Uh, listen, you, you know what, dude? Here, here's, here's, I mean, my, my honest opinion, and you know that my, my, uh, my upbringing in this industry is based on other, most people working and physically because it is, it is in some case a physical job. I will say that the temperature has changed to – However, the temperatures change. And you know what? It's not my money. And, um, you know, on and to be honest, on very, very, very big, big tours for many years. I mean, you, you, you know, when you're talking huge, um, you know, stadium stuff that I did when I was a young lad and just, a, you know, a drum roadie. I mean, you know, the often the engineers flew with the band because it was it was considered that they would get better rest and they would do a better job because their ears and their being at that point were crucial to what the performance would be. And I mean, you know, whatever there's, I mean, it's, 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 you know what I, I, I can give you shit about it all day, but I mean, you know, you come in, you do a fine job when you get there, you know, and it's, uh, it, it's people can say whatever they want about it. But you know you're not paid to push boxes, so um, it has. It's nothing new. Bobby, right? you're just taking all the fun out of this. But shit. exactly on. right, though. <laughs> Everybody's position is what they're supposed to do. I'm not I, one. It's one thing if I may have worked for the sound company and whatnot, and I'm doing pulling double duty. But I don't work for the sound company. I'm actually in and hired by the artist. To- right, and I'm and I'm sure that if push came to shove, which it might. In the next 
year or so, you might need to take a job and work for sound. No, but there, there's times, but, the, but see, every every gig is different. Like when I'm not doing the the you know the stadiums or arena tours, and I'm doing you know for instance, one of stuff at the church. I run the entire thing. If we got to go, I have to go buy equipment, go set up the equipment. It's a one man, one stop shop. So every gig has its pluses and minuses. So fortunately, on the ones that you know keep me on the road ten months out of the year, it's a little cushier. But when I'd I'm say the, you've earned. I say you. I say you've. You've. Earned, I think you've earned the right. So yeah, but when I'm in the trenches, like for the church or a random production that I may do. I have to handle it. I'm pushing cases. I'm low. I'm setting up my own console, which you've never seen, Matt, and you probably will never see. But I set desks up. You know, I know how to do those things. It's one thing if I didn't, but I know how to do all of that. I mean, I guess I'm just going to have to take your word for it. But if Bobby says it, <laughs> then I guess I'll believe. Oh, his it. word trumps mine. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> Please I don't mean, use Bobby Trump. can tell us about about his experience actually pushing cases. Bobby has, I mean, we talk about working class heroes. Bobby works for a living. He, nobody would ever call Bobby a, a prima right, donna. So and, and I, frankly, I was hoping I'm to ask Bobby's thoughts on whether white glovers are really just prima donnas. Well, I think it depends. I mean, look, in all honesty, yeah. I mean, not, I mean, prima donna is a joke. Oh, I mean, entitled. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what the job is. I mean, you know, it's, it's the the industry has changed, right? I mean, I come from the school of rock and roll, of fucking hard knocks. That's the same one Christine Dallas comes from. We came up, we worked. Matter of fact, I remember, I remember early on there were these cool roadie shirts that said stuff like, "If you don't push gear, you know you aren't shit," and that's the credo we all came up with. Now I don't know Kyle from working um and pushing a box but i mean he's an able-bodied man i mean chris you know doesn't really push boxes i mean you know but i know on kendrick when we needed help with organizing all that fucking crap on the side of the stage chris was always there and and helping to make decisions and 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 working where he needed to so i think the difference really is for as much shit as we may give kyle that i'm going to admit something that I never really thought, and, and I was telling you guys that a lot's changed for me. So here's my perspective now. I can give Kyle shit for not moving boxes, but it's very fucking judgmental because I don't know what his past is. I know I worked with him on, I've only worked with him on high, on, you know, on stadium and arena stuff, right? I've never, we've never done anything small together. We've never done a theater tour where I called them and said, they need an engineer, but you got to pull your own weight. We never done that. Right. So I don't know that he does that. Right. And because I came up with this, this, this pretty narrow fucking view, which I mean, you know, it's not racist, but it's bigoted that you had to work, you know, and if not, you were a white glover and otherwise you didn't mean anything. I mean, I never thought about the perspective of, well, Maybe he used to do it. Doesn't mean he doesn't know how to do it. Who the fuck am I to tell him, you know, and, and that artist is happy with what he does and, and him not doing it doesn't come out of my pocket. And then I thought, have I ever gone to him and said, dude, we are fucked today. I need these guys to do this. Can you patch your console? If, and, and answer me honestly, if I ever asked you to do that, would you do it? 
if you needed me, I would do it without without thinking. And I don't and it. I don't doubt that for a minute. So my perspective has. Would you changed. charge more? <laughs> Sorry. He would definitely <laughs> charge more. He Double check. About it's happened. It's happened. I do it all the time. I mean, all these a lot of these rehearsals that I do, I'm self-contained. All the guys that come in don't do shit for me. I do my. I set my desk up. I do all my patching. I do all my writing. I do everything. You know, it just I, when the when the budget doesn't warrant to have me to have a front of house guy, I do it myself. I don't. That's the thing. I don't need guys most of the time. That's why I. That's why I took the time to learn everything I needed to learn, and and I'm I don't really rely on other on other people because my show crash and burn is gonna crash and burn on my watch, not because somebody did something wrong. So even though I may have somebody set up the PA, I do all the routing of everything. I'm just not doing the heavy lifting per se, but if I had to, like, yo, we in a crit, somebody goes down, could I do it? Of course I would. Well, it's always it's always good to know what your uh, it's always very good to know what you're uh, what you're asking other people to do and to have it done right and to be able to clearly explain what you want. Which I just bring up something else that. Aside from the the logistics and the semantics of what we're talking about, I think that what I brought up about the change in things is that it relates to everything. It relates to what we're what we're seeing in life and right now, and we're we're going to be faced with differences when we go back to work. We're probably if 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 finances stay as drive-ins or socially distant. I don't know about you guys, but I'll be grateful to go back to work and I will I will work for a rate that is fair with what the what the show is producing. I mean, I I, I think everybody's gonna have to eat a little you know, eat a little bit to to make this all work again because it, you know we're and we're gonna be under some control that maybe isn't realistic, you know. Um talking about less less audience and and the artists making less money i mean you might look at it well okay i'm not going to change my rate because instead of making five million you're going to make four million i feel really fucking bad for you so i think you know we have to we all also have to keep talking amongst ourselves and honestly share what's going on and try to have some kind of united front about what we're going to expect in the workplace if COVID is still there. I mean, Live Nation's sort of talking about not doing real touring until there's a vaccine, yet sports is starting to go back. And when this all started, all of us said we would follow sports and we would follow theme parks, right? At least that's the conversations I was having with people. And It's still um, going to follow sports. It follows right. sports before it follows a theme park. And right. as soon as baseball, football's around the corner, those kick in. I mean, basketball is going to be what's going to be. But as soon as those other ones kick in, it's a wrap. Well, we'll, we'll see. So, they're, so they're let's, not, let's, but they're not attended yet. It's still not. We can't do. We can't really do live events where there's no audience for that long. Football could I, actually I play every see every season. They could just. I mean. Sure, they won't get the roar of the crowd, but you know what? They get the TV money, and you know whatever. I don't. What happens in stadiums and the people don't work, and it all sucks and everything. But they could do it, right? 
basketball continued during the beginning of this, and they all got sick. I mean, because it's a full-on body-to-body sweat contact sport. Baseball is already socially distant, really. I mean, until they sit on the bench for the players and they travel. Is it, though? Is it though? Because they're because uh, let, let's let's point this conversation back in the right direction and let's use baseball as an example. I now again I teed it up by saying I believe you're an A's fan and I know that you're an avid baseball lover that you go to games frequently. Yeah, when you're on the bases, you are socially distant, but more time is spent in the locker room than on the field more time, which is small, more time is spent on the bench than in the field. More time is spent at practice where people are close together. Is that not still a major concern? And and I have a follow-up that I want to ask relating to how that relates back to concerts. So what are your thoughts on baseball? coming? Well, I mean, I've been reading about it. And one thing I'll say is the whole spin on it, in anything you start to look up, nowhere in any of the first spin that baseball is coming back, ironic, not ironically, on purpose, does it, does it really give you information about the fans and who they're going to let back? Okay. Because they don't want to turn people off because people, it's sort of the headline grabber, right? I kept searching like, okay, I just gave my season, t- I just sold my season ticket back. Does this mean I got to buy it back? And I thought, am I actually going to go to a game? I mean, how's that going to work? And there's no information on it. And then if you read a little deeper, of course, Texas, the Astros owner, plague team, talks about, you know, wanting to open up. And now they've just shut Texas down. So uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, there is a perspective. They all travel together. So they all got to get to the next city, I mean, like us, um, some players didn't, wouldn't go back. I mean, you know, ones like said, well, if I'm going to be sequestered and, you know, and I can't go home and what do I do when I go home? My wife's going to have a baby. I got to, you know, quarantine for 14 days. And I'm not really sure how they're working the logistics. And maybe you could tell me, are they, and it looked like they were traveling from the schedule, right? I mean, well, the schedule is looks like it's a moving target. It's still up in the air. And all of those considerations are, are what I'm talking about, not just the actual play on the field. The TV might, you know, pick up what's on the field, you know, just as when you're sitting at, at the game, again, forgetting the audience perspective which and, and proximity, which is very much an issue, but you might not see the time that's behind the scenes, but, but that's the part that concerns me. That's the part relates back to the concert industry where I'm curious your perspective. You just said it in terms of what happens when you go home to your family, what happens. I mean, from a concert perspective, we are all traveling together. We are all be it buses, you know, be it planes, what have you. We are all spending that time in catering together. Um, you know, we're building a show together. We've, we've talked about this before. How does one build a show safely, even in the case of drive-in concerts? And this is my question for you, Bobby. You know, everybody looks at the perspective of how the cars will be spaced, but how the fuck do we build the show? Well, um, because most of the production is local, um, and I just had a conversation about this. I think, you know, part of the, part of the thought is that people will work in clusters, right? Um, 
we'll wear masks, you know, we'll try to keep things as clean as possible. And this is what I was talking about, that people will, there'll be less exposure for, you know, for a number of people. Let's say you're a local uh, lighting provider and, you know, um, you're going to do one of these drive-in shows. Um, I believe that it's a mobile stage. Let's say it's two trucks of lights. So instead of coming in and setting these two trucks of lights up and this, I don't really know what the amount of production is on this. So I'm just going to speculate. I'm probably not far off. So it's two trucks of lights and you're going to get them from say, you know, um, PRG. And it's going to come out of the Nashville shop for the Nashville show and, you know, Chicago for Indianapolis or, you know, wherever the other show is. So if it was me, I would just try to have, you know, I would have employees that worked in our shop that were used to working together because one thing that is safe is to create a social circle, right, of people you know and you, you and they're all working together and they're not sick and their families are, if everyone follows in that group the same protocols, chances are very unlikely that they're going to get sick, less likely than someone that doesn't follow any protocols. So if a team goes in, so maybe you might just have the lighting team in and you don't, maybe you don't have any locals. You do everything yourself. They keep to themselves. Once the stuff, once the gear is set up and working, there can be pretty minimal interaction with crew. I mean, Christine, I'm going to ask your opinion on catering because buffets are over. I mean, people reaching in with their fucking fingers and grabbing stuff. And I'm as guilty of it as anybody. I've eaten out of plenty of catering pans. I, I don't always even sit down and eat dinner. I might go and get a bite of this, a bite of that. I eat in the office. I mean, I have terrible hygiene habits when when it, it comes to catering. I don't really touch the food. But the point is, everybody's exposed to all this. That's going to change drastically. So I think that if it takes, if you have enough time, the production is limited and you can follow all the safe protocols and you should all read the event safety alliance going back to work thing because a, a lot of these points are covered in that my compadre well, they're, covered, uh, they're covered but they're not implemented i've just recently this with the past couple weeks done a few productions and they're supposed to have temperature checks and blah 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 none of it happened so why which did you say anything who am I going to say something to? Uh, you got a full-blown production, and they're doing absolutely nothing. I just did me. I stayed. I stayed out. To, stayed in the cut. If, if I was there, when if I was far. there, when you when you come to me and go, what the fuck? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. Our and if it was church, I know you was, wouldn't be using that. No, no, it wasn't even a church. It was. It was some real stuff. I mean, <laughs> if I were to drop the name, you'd be like, "Yo, wow!" Well, I talk about it off 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 air, but. It, I was sitting around like, yo, hmm, this is real interesting. Well, that's part of all what I'm the, saying all, all is the, that all the we, paperwork prior to said so you gotta do this, 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 you gotta sign this, 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 you gotta do this, this, this. Absolutely none of it happened. And that was for two and it was right. and two now, so, major situations. 
All right, let me let me jump in, Kyle. I, and Bobby, I think that everything you're saying is right on the money, and I want you to keep t- saying it. But Kyle, I think you're right also. You know, we did have Jim Digby on the program. Anyone that hasn't checked out that episode, I would encourage them to. He did talk about the clusters uh, that is referenced in the guide. Um, but my concern, my biggest argument to him then, which remains, and Kyle just illustrated, is the human element. The concern that it's all well and good, that it says it in the paper, it's all well and good that it says it on you know, the advance. It's all well and good that it's written into the contracts, but is it going to happen? And if it's not, is someone going to speak up? I sure the fuck would. And Bobby, I know you would too. Dallas, you would as well. Kyle, Straight up, I'm a little well, disappointed. It wasn't our production. I was brought in. It is on all of us to speak up. You guys are all gonna get sick. I'm fuck you. I'm not working here. I mean Well, I, I was yeah. making random jokes like, yo, so at what point are you gonna do what you say you guys are gonna do? Oh, we're gonna get to it. I, I brought it up quite a few times in passing and it never happened. Well, I think that's unacceptable. So, um, I, I I do too, and 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 I and Bobby, I want to keep you know going down this road, and and you brought Dallas up a few minutes ago. I want to acknowledge you and acknowledge her in reference to not only the question of what do what do you do in catering and what do you do backstage, but even before that, when you talked about people that came up putting in hard work dallas you know how much i respect and appreciate you for that and and we always try and acknowledge the people that are those hustlers that that really do put the in that work hard and, work and sound like you were digging at me subconsciously that's you that's that's you that's not me you just said that about yourself <laughs> i didn't i was only acknowledging that but dallas is hard worker who came up busting her ass who does that every single day every time i've worked with her every day she is hustling we met because bobby hired her as an advanced person and an extra set of hands on a couple of festivals where we needed a hustler who could put shit together and get shit done in our absence before we pulled up and uh knew how to make that happen so i do want to get the start of that tour there was oh, yeah. Miami uh, rolling loud before that. There was um, there was also the Monterey, Mexico, um, which which was another great story that we've told. Um, just in terms of pulling up and the craziness of that weekend and that festival and the circumstances with the armored vehicles and what have you and the timeline and I mean all of that has been referenced in our podcast. I hope our listeners have have boned up and and know what I'm talking about so I don't have to rehash it. But we're also closing in on the hour mark. So I think we're going to turn this into a two-hour, two-part uh, episode. Bobby, thank you. You are our first guest uh, where I feel like we really have so much to unpack here. We could do two hours today and tomorrow and the day after that. But uh, without doing my usual outro, I think that we will suspend and we will circle back. We're really only just now getting into the meat of this uh, this discussion, talking about the actualization of back to work, the real effort that will have to be made behind the scenes to get uh, the, the working class of the concert industry 
gainfully employed once again. And I hope all of our listeners will tune in to part two. In the meantime, I hope they will check us out at HLUB podcast on Instagram, hustlelikeyoubroke.com. And until the next time, I want to thank you all. Thank you, Bobby. And uh, thank our listeners. Thank my co-hosts. Kyle, I know you get a good ribbing. You know I love you. We all good. I thank everyone. And good night.